Christmas is a crazy, crazy season, isn't it? I mean, seriously, all the, all the shopping, the traffic, the cooking, the baking, the eating, the eating, the, the entertaining we do, the, the music we play. Some of you start in August, the music, the, the, the decorating, and then ultimately the family drama. I mean, it's crazy, this thing we do to celebrate Christmas, but when you really understand the true meaning of Christmas, doesn't it make sense that the world goes crazy to celebrate it? I mean, it should go crazy. God, the God who spoke the universe into existence, God, the one who created us, created you, breathed life into us, decided because all of us had so blown our story that he would wrap himself in humanity and write a brand new story and then allow us to share in it, to give us hope and to give us joy and to give us new life. I mean, come on. I mean, we should go crazy celebrating this. But the sad reality is that many get so lost in the crazy celebration that, that they miss the true meaning of the whole thing. And it's sad. And so, so I thought that this weekend, as we move into the week when we'll celebrate Christmas, that, that we should step out of the crazy just for a minute and we should refocus ourselves on, on the amazing picture that God gave us that can impact, can literally transform our lives if we let it. And I thought the best way to do this would be to look at the snapshot pictures that God painted through the life of several people involved in that very first Christmas celebration. And then, for example, there's a guy named Zachariah. Most people don't even know Zachariah is a part of the Christmas story, but, but he was because Zachariah was the father of John the Baptist, and he and his wife were given the ability to have a child miraculously who would prepare the way and ultimately announce the coming of God's long-promised Messiah, Savior, Jesus. And Zechariah described the privilege of being a part of this very first Christmas story in a way that paints a picture we should never forget. In Zechariah, we see the picture of an amazing gift. That's why we celebrate it so crazy. Look at Luke chapter 1, beginning with verse 67. His father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and, and prophesied. And here's what he said, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come and has redeemed, saved his people. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins so that light can shine on those living in darkness and living in the shadow of death. Zechariah, in those words, paints the picture of an amazing gift. And that amazing gift is the gift of salvation. And I know it sounds so religious, doesn't it? it sounds, I mean, if you grew up in a, in a religious setting, you know, you hear that word salvation, yeah, 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 on with the important stuff. And if you grew up outside of a religious setting, the whole world, the word salvation just probably doesn't click. But here's the amazing gift of Christmas. 
Jesus came to provide salvation for us, and we all need it because every one of us knows, whether we get the spiritual language or not, we know that we were born into this world lost. No idea why we're here, no idea where we came from, no idea where we're going, no idea of purpose, no sense of significance or value. I mean, just floating in the current of this world, longing for so much more but not finding it. And, and the amazing gift of Christmas that Zachariah paints is that he came for our salvation, that though we were born lost, we could be found. Though every one of us has experienced brokenness, we, we can, because of his salvation, become whole again. Though every single one of us knows pain and hurt, we can all, because of this amazing gift of salvation, find healing that though every single one of us can get lost in despair, we can, because of this gift, know hope. I mean, this is an amazing gift. And then he says it's, it's beyond just salvation. He, he says the salvation comes through forgiveness. You see, Jesus came to live out the story with his life that we failed to live. We've all fallen short in sin, but he lived perfectly, and then he suffered for our sin. The wages of sin is death. He died on that cross, was buried, and then rose again. And why did he do it? Oh, Zechariah painted the picture so we could experience forgiveness. What an amazing gift. I, I don't know about you, but, but every single morning of my life, I can get up and I can see pictures in my head of all of my failures, and I can go into every day carrying guilt and shame. I see the people I've hurt, and I see how they're reeling. I know I have failed, and though I can put on the image that everything's okay, I can live my life in total defeat because of my failures. But this amazing gift that Zachariah pictures shows us that our failures don't have to be final. When we look in the mirror, we don't have to see our failures because we can see his forgiveness, and with his forgiveness, we can once again, live our lives. What an amazing gift. And yet we celebrate Christmas, and yet we continue to be haunted by our guilt. We, we celebrate Christmas, but we, we continue to be defined by our shame and our failures. And, and what we need to do is we need to step back into this picture and realize that Christmas is my salvation, and, and Christmas is my forgiveness. Christmas is the gift of life. In John 1.29, John the Baptist, the son of Zechariah, saw Jesus, and look what he says. He says, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is available to all who ask, and this is why we declare his birth as being joy to the world. It's my prayer that you're living out that picture, experiencing that amazing gift. But there's another character of Christmas, Mary, you know, the young girl who was really from Nowheresville and a nobody. In that culture, children weren't just meant to be seen and not heard. They weren't meant to be seen at all. Children weren't all that valuable. Young girls, even less valuable. It wasn't right, but it was in that culture. And she felt like a nobody of no significance, that no one even cared about her. And then all of a sudden, God shows up and speaks to her and and in Mary, God paints the picture of amazing grace. 
Look at her words. It's actually kind of like a song that she spoke in Luke chapter 1. In verse 46 it says, And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he, and this is just the amazing grace part, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. He's seen me when no one else has seen me. And then she says, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. This little girl who was ignored for all generations has been held high and blessed because of God's amazing grace. And then she spoke into our lives and into our generation. She says, his mercy extends to not just me, but to all those who fear him. This amazing grace is available to all from generation to generation to generation. See, the, the unbelievable celebration is about God's amazing grace, and it's not just grace he had for a young lady back then. It's grace he has for you right now. Because what did he say? He said to her, I care. In a world that shouts, I don't care about you, God came to this little girl and says, I adore you. In a world that tells us that we're not worth reporting on, we'll never be on the cover of People magazine, that, that we're nobodies that don't matter and no one would want to read about us or see our picture, God says, you matter to me. I see you and everything you do and... I want to show my favor on you. God makes our life significant. This little girl in a world that declared her insignificant was told by God she was significant and we're still telling her story today. But what we need to understand is that this picture isn't just Mary's picture. It's our picture. God cares about you. God sees you. God declares you significant. And what's so sad is that so many of us who put up our trees and buy our gifts and do the cooking and the baking and the eating still feel like no one cares about us and still feel like no one sees us and still feel like we don't matter. But you're wrong because Christmas is all about the picture of amazing grace. There's another group of characters in this Christmas story and they're the shepherds. The shepherds. I, I love the story of the shepherds because in this particular culture, just as Mary was considered insignificant to that culture, so were shepherds. I mean, shepherds were low person on the totem pole. Do you even know what a totem pole is? I mean, they're low person on any scale you've got. If there was a family of 10 kids, it was the youngest kid that was the shepherd. The one that could offer nothing else could go sit in the field and watch the sheep. I mean, they were the outcasts of society. They were considered nobodies, and no one ever paid them any mind, always feeling like outsiders. That's who the shepherds were. And the shepherds in the story of Christmas were even below that because they were watching the sheep in the fields by night, which means they couldn't even get a first shift job of shepherding. Third shift for them, man. Pulling the all-nighter. And yet, what did God do? He says, I'm going to go and I'm going to share Jesus' birth with them. In the middle of the night, 
to these people that no one else cared about. I'm going to give the story to them. Let them be a part of the story. He didn't go to the rabbis and the spiritual teachers. He didn't go into the synagogues or the temple. He didn't go into the places of power and politics. He didn't go to Caesar. He went to shepherds watching sheep by night, at night. And he said, why don't you share in this story? My son's lying in a little manger. And he got to go. They got to go. And, but then God did something amazing. In fact, let me read the story to you. Luke 2, verses 8 through 18. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And, and an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, you don't have to be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said for them. You know, in the shepherds, we see the picture of an amazing God. Because you and I are really careful about who we trust with our important stuff. But see, the single most important thing God has ever done was to send his son on this earth so that we wouldn't have to live lives devastated by our sin and choices, but rather we could live a life defined by Jesus' greatness, and we could know new life and new hope. It's the single most important thing God has ever done on this planet. God so loved the world, he sent his son. And who did he trust to share the story? This Savior was for everyone. But who did he trust to share the story? Shepherds. They had never gone to Fundamentals of Speech 101 in college. They had never been taught how to share the story. And God went to them and said, I know you think no one cares about anything you say, but I'm going to give you the greatest story ever told, and you need to share it with the world. And they didn't say no. They said yes. They shared everything they'd heard and seen, and the world was amazed. Do you know we celebrate Christmas today because the shepherds made it known that Jesus was born? What an amazing God. I don't feel all that trustworthy when it comes to the important things God wants to do in this world. I would imagine most of you don't feel all that trustworthy, all that significant as a player in all that God wants to do in this world. But when we celebrate Christmas, you know what we're celebrating? We're celebrating the fact that we have an amazing God who trusts us to do his great work in this world. And all we have to do is, like Zechariah, receive the gift, this amazing gift of forgiveness and salvation. And all we have to do, like Mary, is respond to this grace and understand that he cares and we matter. And all we have to do is, like the shepherds, say, I'll share the story. I'll share the story. Zechariah and Mary and the shepherds paint pictures of this amazing event. The question is, what picture are we painting? I mean, does anybody, because of our life, know that 
Jesus is the amazing gift that makes forgiveness possible and failure no longer final. I mean, have any of us painted that story to anyone? Is, is anyone understanding that they matter to God, that God cares about them because of the story, because of the picture we're painting with our life like Mary did? Is, does anyone stand in amazement about the profound reality of Jesus and what he did because we've experienced Jesus and we, like the shepherds, have told the story about this amazing God. You see, it's, it's sad. We celebrate Christmas in a crazy way, but we don't pass on the amazing gift and we don't share the amazing grace and we don't tell about our amazing God. But here's the good news. Because Jesus came in this world, all of those failures don't have to be final. And we can start now painting a whole new picture with our lives. And I really want to encourage you. I want to encourage you that if you want to paint stories that leave a legacy of positive impact like these three did, then you and I have to make the same choice as they did. What we have to do is we have to make the choice like Zachariah to receive the amazing gift. It's not enough to celebrate it. We have to receive it. Look at John 1.12. It says, but as many as receive Jesus to those who put their faith in his name, God gives them the privilege to become his children. You see, celebrating's not enough. We have to receive this amazing gift. Have you ever unwrapped it? Have you ever put your full faith in Jesus? I didn't ask if you were religious. That doesn't do it. Have you ever put your full faith in Jesus? If we're going to paint different stories with our lives, then, then we have to start realizing that God cares about us even if no one else does and that our lives are significant and our lives can make a difference in this world and we need to, with Mary, choose to respond to God's grace. If I can breathe this into you this weekend, you matter. You're valuable. Your life is significant and you can make a difference that's what happened with Mary. That's what God wants to do through you. And if we want to paint new stories with our lives, then we with the shepherds, once we've experienced the amazing gift and the amazing grace, have to do everything we can to share the story of this amazing God. You see, God so loved the world, he gave his son. This has been true for 2,000 years. It's been true. And yet, most in the world still don't know it. Because God's looking for just some shepherds who get to experience the story and will start sharing it. And it's my prayer that we won't just celebrate Christmas, but that we will share Christ with the world. Because he's the amazing gift, because he's amazing grace, and because he's an amazing God. And at Christmas, we get to celebrate him in this world. Would you pray with me? Father in heaven, I thank you so very much for the reality of Jesus coming into this world, that which we have called Christmas. And I, I thank you for what it means. It means there's an amazing gift available to each and every one of us. And God, I believe there are people here right now who've never received that gift, and I pray that you'd move them to right now, 
Before I finish this prayer, I want to encourage you, if you've never experienced the power of Jesus' forgiveness and salvation, take my words in this part of the prayer and make them your own. Just quietly in your heart to God, say, God, I have sinned, I have fallen away from you, and I do need you. And in this moment, I put my faith in Jesus' death and burial and resurrection and I'm asking you to make me a child of God. And I'll thank you in Jesus' name. And for the rest of you, as I continue this prayer, I hope that you'll just respond to his grace and start representing uh, this great God. And so, Jesus, as we now enter into another time of worship in this service, I pray that all of us would experience you more vibrantly and vitally and dynamically and that all of us will go out of here wanting to make known your grace and how amazing you are. And we've prayed this in Jesus' name. Amen.